Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk. I am Sunny, and I'm so glad you're here today. Are you ready to feel peaceful? Are you ready to feel Zen, to understand yourself a little bit better, and to maybe feel a little more connected to the universe. Today is your show, for sure. This week's guest is an intuitive healer and a channeler. She was a self-proclaimed psychic child who began giving professional tarot readings at age 15, when most of us were out, you know, drinking beer. (laughs) She studied at the Ringling School of Art and Design Vermont College at Norwich University, the Muscular Therapy Institute, the Florida College of Natural Health. She has a wide breadth of education on both the body and the mind, which she uses to help her clients heal, connect with themselves, and sort of understand themselves and their place in the universe a little better. Erica, Alara, welcome to We Gotta Talk. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sunny. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. You have a peaceful aura and presence to you. And, um, you know, I told you as we were chatting before the live recording here, just browsing your site, kind of seeing the amazing client testimonials that have come across from people you've worked with. And um, I'm so excited to dive into this. This is a, a podcast where we have dug heavily into matters of the spirit before. And I think um, there's a lot to get into on both the collective healing, which I want to touch on, as well as people's individual journeys. So so let's start off, Erica with the simple question of what is healing? That's such a great question because we are very complex beings. Sometimes we tend to think of ourselves as being very simple, that we are a part of the animal kingdom, but as beings, we have so many facets. And most people have heard of physical healing or healing emotions, emotions affecting the physical body, What I really focus on is more of the spiritual aspect. So the idea that you're sunny, you're in your physical body having an experience, but actually you're an eternal being who's had lots and lots and lots of experiences from the perspective of spiritual healing. And your mind, your subconscious mind has access to those past experiences. And a lot of times there are unresolved emotional energies or unresolved experiences that we've had in other lifetimes or that we have inherited through our genetic lineage that actually influence us in the now. Those influences may be physical, they may be emotional, they may be mental in terms of what we believe is possible for us, but it can affect us in all different levels. So my job as a healer is to connect in with my client and look at their point of attraction or what they're experiencing in their life and anything that they would consider unwanted. We go back and we look at the roots of where that came from. Now, most people are familiar with childhood experiences and forming what they experience as adults. But what we're looking at, we're opening the parameters of that way more. And we're looking at experiences that you may have had on the soul level carrying over to this lifetime impacting you now. So what I do as a healer is go back and resolve 
those unresolved emotional experiences so that the person's being can move forward. They're not in a looping pattern, replaying or rehashing old themes. There's so much I want to dive into, and we will get into generational traumas and sort of what we carry from Mm -hmm. past experiences. But I think an important part of this sort of theory and theme to understand is, does our soul carry on parts of prior existences? Because when I'm hearing you talk about being impacted by generations past or the experience perhaps of our ancestors or whatever form we existed in, spiritually before this, does that necessarily mean that there's a nugget that carries with us in our soul, whatever that may be from um, manifestation to manifestation, i.e. person to person to whatever, um, you know, whatever body we exist in at the moment? Absolutely. This is why you meet people in your life and you feel like, oh, I feel like I've known this before. I feel like I've known this person. I feel like I've had this experience before. And that can be for good or ill. Sometimes you meet Mm. someone and you think, wow, I feel like I want to punch this person in the throat. And then other people you meet and you think, oh my gosh, I just, I don't know what it is about this person. I just love them. I have this feeling about them like I've just known them before. Well, Mm. from the perspective of spiritual healing, 98% of every person that you meet, all experiences that you have are a replay or a reuniting um, in this lifetime. So does that mean that the people we're in contact with now we've we've known before? Or does that mean that what's currently comprises our soul or spirit has 98% been passed out? Think of it as a continuation. So, So who you are now, is the sum total of the experiences that you've had, the wisdom that you've accumulated, and you've come into this life to continue learning and evolving and growing as a being. And then, of course, there will be people that you meet up with who help to facilitate that learning and growing. Again, from your perspective, it might be for good or for ill, but this is how we learn and evolve as beings. Is there an end goal here, Erica? And I know in some religions, in Hinduism, for example, there's the, the concept of nirvana, of a spiritual evolution of sorts, where there is, and I, I'm saying this in a very elementary way, I'm not over familiar, but but sort of a destination or a goal. Um, in your opinion, and maybe Christians might think of that as heaven, um, in your experience and based on what you've learned working with clients, or I know you've had this psychic connection for some time, is there a destination for our soul, a point where we've learned all the lessons per se? So what I have learned over the years working with so many clients is that it's like graduating to higher levels of knowledge and awareness. And that as you graduate to higher levels of knowledge and awareness, you then kind of pay it forward. You help others to grow and learn and evolve on their journey. So from what I have tapped into and I've experienced, there's no end to the amount of knowledge and learning and wisdom and moving into what some people would refer to as like a God consciousness or a cosmic consciousness, the understanding that resentment and hate um, and judgment and harsh criticism, which we're also familiar with now in, in today's world of social media, is really not in alignment with the highest 
the highest expression of ourselves and the highest expression of our soul. We really come from love and we go through different experiences to learn what that isn't and what that is. And I think that's ultimately the highest goal. When you look at what's happening collectively, Erica, we're having reckonings on a lot of levels, socially speaking, economically speaking, geopolitically, as countries um, invade each other's spaces and territories. And it seems like there's a collective chaos happening, even from just, you know, a layman's perspective. Um, When you see something like that happening on a grand scale, what is that telling you about our collective spirituality or our collective need for healing? Well, I think that, you know, what happens externally is always a mirror of what's going on internally. And I think that there is a real evolution that's happening on our planet. And the thing that can be really tricky about it is that, you know, what we hear about in the news and what we tend to hear about the most, what's loudest tends to be negative. Mm -hmm. We don't always get to see all of the good or all of the beautiful things happening. And of course, sometimes the negative things that are happening in the world can really spur people onto their path to try to create change and to try to create good. But I think it's really important to know that as many horrible things as we see in the world, there is also a lot of good and a lot of help and a lot of love and a lot of support. It's easy to think that, you know, the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. But there have always been wars. There has always been conflict. We live on a planet where there's a lot of contrast because that's what helps us to learn. We don't learn about patience because everything goes well in our life. We don't learn about forgiveness because everyone acts perfectly. When is the lesson... When does the lesson cap, though? Because we are in the struggle, it seems, right now. And we're in this point where we're hearing our people's opposing opinions. And I think we're all yearning for a moment of understanding or or accord in some way. And it's like just not happening. (laughs) Well, it is and it isn't, right? I mean, there's sometimes we need some chaos to create change and transformation and structures that no longer work. And that's the way that I'm noticing it right now. That's how I'm seeing it, that there's a lot of change. There, there's a lot of chaos, but there are a lot of structures that aren't serving us any longer. Mm-hmm. And things have to break down before they can improve most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're seeing. However, you know, it can be easy to feel very fatalistic and frustrated and hopeless about things, but I just don't feel like that's really the highest truth of what's happening. I think we're going through a process of evolution and birth or rebirth. It's not neat and tidy. It's messy. Mm -hmm. It's chaotic, but don't underestimate everyone's individual impact because everyone here on the planet right now is a contribution So you can be a contribution through fear and panic and depression and chaos, or you can be a contribution through presence and understanding and love. I love that. Okay. So tap into your intuitive side for a minute and and sort of piggybacking off the last question of viewing the collective um, conflict or lessons that we're going through right now. What do you see happening? Um, whether it's a span of months or years down the road for us in America, for the world at large, 
do you see anything big happening, a reorganization of sorts or a conflict of sorts? Uh, give us something, if you're picking up on anything that is, that you think is going to maybe result from these lessons and this sort of strife we're going through. It's a great question. You know, I'm not, I'm not particularly tuned into um, prophecy for the earth because the way that I always experience it is we have, think of it like a layer cake and each layer of the cake is a different level of consciousness or awareness. Mm -hmm. We have some people on this planet who worship evil and want to do harm and believe that whatever they do, as long as they're getting ahead, it doesn't matter what the consequences are. We have people who have another level of consciousness, which is they want to save animals and they don't want animal suffering any longer. And they feel like humanity needs to move forward on this point. We have people who are so loving and so kind that they can barely turn on the news because it's so negative, they can't even handle that in their consciousness or in their psyche. So we have all of these layers of consciousness. Think about it just like we have all of these countries. We have some countries that we call third world countries, where people are living in a way that we wouldn't even want to live if we were camping. And then we have, we have incredible wealth and people who you know, live in high rises and never really see what's going on in the street and they're very protected. Mm -hmm. Same thing, it's a huge gamut. So people are having different experiences at different levels of awareness. And this is what I find really fascinating is to work with somebody one-on-one -on -one and to clear or heal or shift the themes, the negative or limiting themes that are holding them in experiences or in emotions or in mental states that feel very heavy or dark or far removed from what we would call love and transforming their experience so that they're able to see a bigger picture in their life. They're able to evolve to be their, their, the best version of themselves. That's really what we're doing. So I tend to focus on the individual rather than the collective because from my perspective, healers or thought leaders who come through and they say, I want to change the world. I want to change everybody. I want to have an impact on this planet and change the world. From my perspective, that's a really tough one because we have so many levels. It's like saying, I want everybody from kindergarten to PhD to think the same way. Well, they won't because mm -hmm. we're dealing with so many different levels of consciousness and awareness. So when you're working with, with people or clients, what you're helping them to do is ascend to their best version so that when the, the frequency they're emitting when they go out into the world eventually sort of helps to uplift the whole, I mean, I wish we all, yes. I wish everybody had that desire to get better, Erica. I really do. Because I feel yeah. like if everybody paid attention to this stuff and it's stuff that's called woo woo or silly or frivolous in some way, but I really do believe that if we all addressed the things that are holding us back or help keeping us from connecting with other people, everything would just be so much better search for the commonalities right now we're in a period and a pattern of not only searching for differences among our our groups but our peer groups and our friend groups and on a 
grander scale, our countries and everything. I feel like not only are we asking people to see how we're different, but we're asking people to see how we're different and almost using it as social currency in some way. Well, some people call it oppression Olympics or intersectionality can get both a good rap because it helps us to recognize the ways in which we are marginalized or face challenges, but it can also present a bunch of issues with connectivity, at least on the spiritual sense, because what it's doing is it's forcing us to see each other as having different aims or different goals. And and that's what I think is so beautiful, but also so dangerous about our world right now is that we're in, we're in a very, very hyper identifying world. So I'm curious how you see this social movement or this particular social milieu impacting the work you do, because for the first time in a long time, we're searching for the ways we're different rather than the ways that were equal. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I find this a really fascinating topic. And I, I feel like so much of that is coming from people feeling unextraordinary, people feeling that they don't really have anything to give, that, they, that they're just sort of lost in a sea of noise and they need to do something to stand out, to feel different, to feel uh, extraordinary, to feel valid, to feel important, and they're missing the fact that they always were. And it's trick. it is tricky. There are, of course, really legitimate um, things that people are, you know, pushing in terms of their own identity and who they are, talking about, you know, gender and preference and sexuality. Um, that's just such a, it's a popular topic right now, but there's so much more to us than those things. And I think that people just have felt very alone and very lost and are needing something, something to stand out, something to feel connected. And of course, in the time that we live in now, I mean, I'm 48. I remember pre-internet when, you know, we just go out and connect and be around others and get to know others. And now, especially post-COVID, where we have felt so disconnected, there's an even stronger draw for people to look for those differences because they want to be a part of a group or community. They want to feel understood. They want to feel known. So I understand that. But it's ultimately, it's such a small aspect of who we are. There's so much more. And, you know, when you were talking earlier about, I wish people would, you know, do this kind of work in order to really manifest the best versions of themselves. Honestly, Sunny, a lot of times when people start working with me, it's for very mundane or practical reasons. Like, hey, I'm having these constant issues with money. Or, hey, I'm having these constant issues in romantic relationship. Or every time I get a new job, I feel like I'm dealing with the same type of boss. It's so frustrating. We start with the mundane things because those are the things that get people's attention in mm-hmm. their day-to-day life. And as we break down those themes as an, as, and as I'm working with people, 
bigger truths, bigger realizations, deeper understanding about who they are and the nature of their being and the nature of what they're looking to learn or evolve through in their life come through. And as they start to see the bigger picture and as the stress of those mundane, frustrating things starts to shift, then people are more open to looking at bigger themes or bigger pictures. But when you're dealing with stress of illness or stress of lack of money or frustration in relationships, those things can get your attention and nothing else that's really going on on the planet matters, quite frankly. So starting with the mundane is just as important as somebody who says, I want to evolve as a being. Yeah, I'm writing that down. Sorry, I'm taking some notes here. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I know it's a lot to ask and 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 it can sound easy for someone who is not in a position where I'm fighting to survive to say, "Hey, let's address our spiritual health." Yay. You know, but you know, I get it. I I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here and and not recognizing um the irony or the, you know, the potential challenges to that statement. But yeah. it sounds simplistic though, but Erica, I do, and I don't know if this is just the Libra in me constantly looking for balance and understanding, but I genuinely do believe that we all have so much more in common than we have um, different or discreet that it, it's it's frustrating. I'm sure it is for you too, this being your actual calling and profession. When you look at the collective state of our spirituality and just like, my God, like, can we just get it over with already and just like start figuring this out? It just, you know, I, I don't know. It's got to be frustrating on a level for you as well to just kind of see where things are right now. Well, it's a joy to be able to mirror to someone how extraordinary they are when they have felt not enough their whole life. Yeah, We're extraordinary beings. We're highly creative. We're loving We have tremendous ability for resilience. We have the ability to transform ourselves, our lives, our identity. We we have such an impact on others. And so, so many people, you know, just going through their own process of healing or transformation affect and impact so many people just by example. So Mm -hmm. don't underestimate the impact that you have on others because People in your life are observing you. And so when you make even small positive changes, it impacts others. We all love a good transformation story. I don't know about you, but I love it. Any kind of transformation. It's what right? HGTV is built on, right? That's right. Transformation, yes. a whole network. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. No, we love a good before and after. Yeah. yeah. Um, Erica, do we all have past lives? Yes. Yes, Absolutely. And your animals included. So our animals come back to us. Um, Absolutely. We've had lifetimes. Some people believe on other planets. Uh, We haven't always just been on this planet, which is kind of a mind bender when you, when we tend to think like, this is it, this is the only planet. Um, There are lifetimes that, that register for people when I, um, when I work with them where they, it's a lifetime, but they were in spirit. So they may have been a a guide for another person or a type of guardian angel, all sorts of different types of roles. Uh, There are individuals who believe that spiritual um, healers who believe that once we reach a certain level of consciousness or awareness, we go forward and we participate in the creation of other 
universes, other galaxies, other planets. I mean, if we want to get super woo-woo, that's a whole other end of the spectrum. But yes, absolutely. Um, my teacher, one of my teachers, a man named Robert Detzler, who created a modality called spiritual response therapy, he was an amazing channel. And he always felt that um, we all participate in the creation and um, the help and support of those who are at a lower level of consciousness or awareness. That's what I was referring to earlier, earlier when I said we kind of pay it forward. Mm-hmm. As we reach certain levels, we're able to go and help others to learn and grow and evolve. So how, how does that look? Like if, you know, I'm sure there are spiritually inclined people who will say, you know, I've always felt, um, for example, a reaction to a particular situation or yeah particular person, mm-hmm. or I, for one, am drawn to a certain type of friend who tends to be very, like, I love people who are aggressive is the wrong word, but strongly opinionated. This could, again, could be the Libra in me craving the balance. I like a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't like, um, I don't like when people can't stand up for a principle. Um, I would rather have the friend who's going to call a situation out than a friend who's going to make me feel better. I don't want people to pacify me. My biggest pet peeve in life is feeling patronized. Like if you're going to say something to me that you think is going to make me feel better, I have a visceral reaction. Anyway, point being, I'm drawn to a certain personality type. Does that mean, for example, that uh, there's some experience that I had or something, or is that just how I'm made up? Like, what is it work there that I literally have a reaction to the certain ways that people engage with me, or I'm only drawn to a certain type of friend? Yeah, that's a great question, Sunny. There is, um, there's a a teaching in spirituality, um, in metaphysics. So metaphysics beyond what's beyond the physical, that there are different types of soul groups that incarnate on the planet. You may have heard of like an indigo child, as a type of soul group. So this is a type of, uh, this is a group of individuals who come forward and incarnate on the planet. And they're really systems busters. They come in and they have this real love of truth and a real love of freedom. And as children, typically indigos, they don't really feel intimidated by authority. They don't really see those in authority as individuals that they need to feel subservient to. They feel like you're working for me. What are you really doing? Are you doing your job? Let me look deeper. Indigos come in and they look at what's not working, what systems, what areas are not working. So for example, if you have someone who is an indigo child and they're part of this indigo indigo soul group, and let's say the person becomes an accountant, they may be a little obsessed with looking at their company or their department and saying, this doesn't work, this is inefficient, this isn't helping anyone, and they want to change it. So that can be indicative of being a part of a specific soul group. Your love of people like that could also be related to your own soul purpose, which is about finding truth, Hmm. which is about uncovering the truth, um, being forthright. So it can come from a few different places. It doesn't necessarily have to do with 
liking this type of person from your past lives. It might be more along the lines of these are the things that you value, particularly as a soul coming through, and it's part of your mission. So that's the type of personality that you gravitate toward. Does Indigo refer to the aura? Are you like an aura reader? Yes, I'm not. But um, those who have written about Indigo children, um, Doreen Virtue has a whole book about Indigo children and how they tend to have anger because there's a frustration. They see Mm. the issues that are going on and they know that it's possible to change them and they feel like they want to help make these changes. So yes, it is related to aura. Um, There are also crystal children. They're all different types of soul groups. So if anybody's interested in that, there are a lot of writings that you can find about those different classifications. That's so interesting. How do we know who we are? And I know obviously working with you or working with someone who's connected in this way is one way to get that information and kind of get the roadmap for how best to proceed with your special set of skills or talents. But um, how do we know, Erica, like this is a broad question, but who we are and and, and how do we connect with, this always made me curious too about the concept of past lives. Like how do we know what we've actually learned if we don't know anything about the past life? If we can't remember, if I can't remember in my past soul existence that I was, I don't know, like a beet farmer, I'm getting right. a little a Dwight Schrute with you for there for a second. But you know, if I can't remember who I was, how do I know what I learned? Like, Well, there are definitely ways that you can explore remembering. So there are, there's hypnotherapy, there is past life regression, there even, uh, there's even guided meditation to take you into glimpses of your previous incarnation. So if you, you may not consciously be able to sit here and remember your past lives, but there are certainly ways that you can access it. And the work Mm -hmm. that I do is accessing what's called the Akashic Records. So that's really the the work that I like to do with people. The other type of work that I do with people is I work with uh, muscle testing and looking at what the beliefs are that are held in the subconscious mind that may come from previous incarnations or may come from ancestral lineage or just may come from your childhood or growing up you know, wherever you grew up, things, beliefs, perceptions that you picked up. And I work with clients to really change or reprogram the subconscious so that their limiting or even self-destructive beliefs are released and we replace them with more positive, supportive understandings. How can we tell what our generational trauma is? Does it feel like a a reaction, like a bodily reaction? Does it feel, how does it usually uh, manifest for people if we're carrying some trauma from generations past? Sure. It manifests as, can manifest as depression. It can manifest as anxiety. It can manifest as fear. Um, Those are the, the, probably the big three. Um, a, a great way to know if you have a subconscious resistance to something that's related to a limiting belief is if you have a goal, something that you know is really good for you mm-hmm. and you tell everybody, or maybe you write it down. I want to, I'm going to smash this goal. I really want to hit this goal, but you can't seem to take the action. You can't seem to follow through. This could be something as simple as losing 20 pounds Mm -hmm. because on a subconscious level, 
there could be a belief that when you lose that 20 pounds, you're going to start attracting attention of men, or you're going to start attracting the attention of the opposite sex. And that might disrupt your current romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so because the subconscious mind's job, first and foremost, is to keep you safe. If it perceives because of its beliefs that you're doing something that's going to be counterproductive to your future, it will try to block, limit, or stop you. It's mm. not because there's something wrong with you or you're lazy or you just don't know how to follow through. There could be a conflicting belief held in the subconscious. And sometimes those beliefs also come from a lineage level. So a lot of women, particularly who work with me, they tend to be very empathic. They tend to be people pleasers. They tend to overwork, overdo everything, feel like they have to handle everything. They tend to feel very unsupported by others in their life. But all of that, when we go deeper, it's related to the belief that they have to take care of everything because if they give up control, somebody will have control over them. And then they'll feel like a prisoner in their life or there may be other reasons, but very interesting and somewhat common. Can you give us like an example of one of the crazier past live stories you've unearthed with past clients? Yes. Um, oh my gosh, there have been so many. I had a client who had a past life and while we were bringing this through, through the, the type of research that I do, they, they kind of freaked out on me saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is coming through because I've, I've had dreams like this before. This is so weird. Um, they had a past life where they were an ET, not from this planet, going to another planet to do kind of like a reconnaissance, like observe the planet, um, uh, take soil samples, do, do all, like, uh, like a scientific type of um, expedition. And something ended up going wrong. And they ended up crashing on the planet and dying. And the person in their day to day life had a real fear of traveling. And we realized that the fear of traveling was related to the trauma from this past life. And so what we do in those experiences is look on a, on a deeper level. What was it that the person was trying to learn or understand by having this experience? If we pretended that they, on a soul level, knew that this was going to happen, what was it that they were trying to learn or understand? And so by going through that and releasing those experiences and the trauma and bringing a greater level of understanding, the person felt a real sense of peace and was able to start traveling. That's wild because to, to hear that suggests sort of an intermingling between extraterrestrial spirits and human spirits, which adds, just adds a whole new level of this that I just never have heard explained before. I've heard discussed, of course, generational trauma from the concept of like human to human soul and what we might carry with us. But I never, never occurred to me that that would be part of the discussion too, like yeah. other planets, other sure. beings. Well, those other beings from other planets, they're humanoid. And so they're, they're still souls and, you know, we're souls and I don't think we're as different as we think. We are. Oh gosh. I hope that's the case because this unlocks a whole new treasure chest of fears for me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Does it? Like what? No, no, not really. I mean, I don't know. I just, um, I call myself the catastrophizer in chief, um, but I don't tend to worry about things not on the planet. I mean, I, I, I've got, I'm just the type of person that will go in a protective way to the worst possible scenario, because I know that if I can logicize or logically figure out how I would handle the worst case situation, then it's not going to be so bad. But in real life, it lands at a five instead of a 10 or a two. So I'm working on this clinically, like have been for a long time. Um, But again, I think that it's both baked into the type of person I am with my type of personality, but also was informed by my work experience, working in news, for example. Um, But um, it's just interesting to me. You know, I just, I never thought of that layer. Like, yes, I thought, and I do personally believe that I or other people carry the traumas in some ways of our of our generations past, our ancestors, but I never thought of it like in the sort of extraterrestrial sense too. Sure. Do, yeah. do you see, just, just as like a quick deviation here, do you see contact with extraterrestrials happening in our lifetime? And like, this is obviously on the public consciousness right now because of these UAPs, as we're now calling them, unidentified aerial phenomena. Like, do you see in our lifetime some sort of recognition or validation of their existence? Oh, I think that there's been validation of their existence going back to the 40s. Um, if you really, if someone would really wants to look, you can find that. I think that there's most definitely um, contact that people are having. I think that probably a lot of the technology that we have is coming from those types of civilizations. Um, I'm sure our government has been working with that type of technology for quite a long time. In terms of, you know, individuals outside of government, I think that there's probably a lot more uh, communication than we think. I think it's just not in the way that we think it should be or what we're used to. So I think that those types of intelligences, particularly benevolent, loving, trying to help us, it's probably more um, communication that could be through dream state or could just be through downloads of information that people receive. Um, if we look in history, you know, extraordinary people, people like Einstein or Rudolf Steiner or Helena Blavatsky or people who really had a, a strong impact in spirituality and in um, just cultural Uh, bringing cultural awareness to spirituality and metaphysics, I wouldn't doubt that there's some kind of um, extraterrestrial connection with Mm -hmm. all of that. You know, some of our ideas, the thoughts, the technology that's come through, from my perspective, it's not just human, Mm -hmm. you know, earth-based. I want to get into your experience, Erica, and and you say this in your bio, which I find to be fascinating, that even as a child, you had psychic capabilities or the ability to like kind of get to a deeper level. What's it like being a psychic child? Like, did you have visions, feelings? Walk me through it. Yeah, I felt incredibly sensitive to people. I had a real sense of whether someone was a kind and loving person or if they had ulterior motives. I would have dreams, uh, prophetic dreams. So I would dream about things that would happen in school the next day. I would have a sense of, oh, I think we're going to 
I think they're going to, we're going to go home early today. I don't know why, but I feel like something's going to happen. We're going to go home early or, and it would happen. Um, just strange things like that. Just mm -hmm. a feeling, just a knowing. Um, and the sensitivity, you know, that's something that it's always served me. Just a, a feeling into other people's being and feeling I can trust this person or oh, this person, they're mm -hmm. not telling the truth. Um, when I was a teenager, um, I, I really had a, a very, very strong sense. I had that sort of indigo energy that we, that we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier where I just felt like if the this rule is ridiculous, it doesn't make sense. It's a rule for the sake of rules. And I would really rebel against that um, in a way that, you know, people would always say, wow, you're so wise. You're so mature for your age. You're, you seem so much older mm -hmm. than you are. And I think that that was a, also a big part of that. Do, can you do like remote readings? Can you pick up on anything coming out of my direction right now? Well, you know, we can certainly tune in and do a little mini clearing for you and your listeners if you'd like. Oh my gosh, yes. To do that. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. So I have in front of me a, a book of charts and I'm going to use a pendulum. And that's kind of my way of tapping in as I open up as a little channel. And so what we're going to do is just connect in and see what wants to come through, what information needs to come through. So we'll connect in with you, Sunny, and we'll connect in with your listeners as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with a little prayer of intention. That's my way of kind of plugging into uh, the energy. So I'm going to close my eyes for just a moment. And if anyone, you know, if you're listening and you want to do the same, you're welcome to just relax your body for a moment, close your eyes, take a breath. I would like to call upon and invoke or bring forth the very highest vibration of source energy, which is love, to step into this clearing for Sunny and her listeners. I'd like to ask that all of the beings who are working with us come forward with ease and that any negative or limiting themes, challenges, choices, or programs that need to be cleared, clear easily and effortlessly that I remain neutral and clear on their behalf. And so it is. So I'm going to ask to connect my high self committee, which is another name for like the primary guides or beings working with me with Sunny's high self committee. And let me ask if I'm working with myself, Sunny's high self or both. Nobody because Sunny has a block to receiving healing. Let's see what's blocking you from receiving healing. This is a program of suffering. So this is very common. This is a belief that in order to learn or grow or evolve in a physical body, you have to suffer. So if you're on a paradigm of suffering, if I have to suffer, then you might not be very open to receiving healing or support. So let's just release that now. Let's clear for Sunny all the vows, contracts, those agreements or obligations that she has to suffer in order to learn and to grow. So am I working with myself, Sunny's high self or both? Now both. And I'm working with my high self committee and hers. So how many groups of beings on my high self committee? I have one group of two beings, but Sunny has 32 groups of tens of thousands of beings. So what does that mean? Well, that can be a function of the suffering. So if your primary group of beings are working with you, 
are giving you intuitive information and you have to suffer or struggle from your perspective in order to learn and grow, then what could support that? Well, having way too many beings on your high self committee, that would be like having too many cooks in the kitchen. And so when you have that, what people will say is they feel a lot of paralysis from analysis. It mm -hmm. can be difficult to decide what I'm going to do, which way I'm going to go, how I want to proceed. So what we're going to do is change your, your team. We're going to clear. We're going to remove, replace, elevate, educate Sunny's High Self Committee so that they're what we call minimum size for maximum effect. So she has one group of two beings now. What we're going to do is download her high self and her soul with all wisdom, light, knowledge, understanding, truth of the one universe, the modalities that I'm working with. So everybody's on the same page. And let's look at the lowest level of consciousness for everybody on my high self committee, everybody working with me. And then on Sunny's, they're way up there, of course, because we just switched them out. And then where is Sunny Soul's consciousness or level of awareness? They're way up there. So Sunny, let's look at one of your past lives. Let's pull up a past life that's particularly going to be important for Sunny and making a change or transformation in her life. Sunny has an imprint of a program of paranoia an imprint of insecurity, an imprint of hardship and suffering that was activated or established when you were in a past life. In the lifetime, you're a female. There's a harm to you by a group. It's a physical death harm. Now, in the lifetime, you were harmed because you were channeling or receiving information that a group deemed wrong or inappropriate. They may have thought that wow, where the heck is she getting this information? This is really different. We haven't heard anything like this before. Okay, guys, if you're watching this live, this is wild. We were just um, doing a live spiritual healing with um, Erica Alara, and this has not happened before. I have a full Wi-Fi signal and it just dropped. So Erica is going to reload. There she is. Hold one moment, everyone. No, the thing you never want to happen when you're in an interview. <laughs> Erica, I have a full Wi-Fi signal. This is like, I don't know what you're calling in, but you bumped us right offline. And I have, oh, no. like I have a, I'm sitting under my, which I hate because this is a separate story, but I'm like, right, this is insane. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> wow. So so the past life, we're just going to keep going. So this past life, so this made people uncomfortable or nervous. And what happened, Sunny, was from your perspective, you were bringing forth a truth and you were persecuted for that. So what you, what was, so what we say, what was activated or what came up for you in that experience? It was a physical death harm that you experienced by the group for bringing through this information that you are channeling. So the unresolved emotional energy from the experience and in past lives, that's what's most important. It doesn't matter who you were. It doesn't matter if you, know, you think you were Cleopatra or Marilyn Monroe or whatever, that doesn't matter. What matters is the unresolved emotional energy because that's what you're still holding in your vibration, in your being. And that unresolved emotional energy has a point of attraction. So what happens is it keeps attracting people or experiences or situations to you 
that are that same flavor of these unresolved emotional energies. So let's look at what those are. Mm. Abuse of self, insecurity, self-doubt, energies of rejection of self, hardship, uh, questioning self. Uh, mm. Is this, should I say this? Is it okay for me to say it? Is it safe for me to say it? Energies of feeling isolated and energies of restlessness. So is this enough to clear the lifetime, the program, and the energy? And it isn't. And so what they're saying is I have to research one more piece of this experience. Mm -hmm. So we have a trauma that occurred at the time of death in the same lifetime. So we have the initial experience of, wow, this group is rejecting the things that I've, I'm bringing through in terms of the truth. But at the actual time of death, at the transition out of the body, it's emotional and a mental harm. And the harm was really this feeling of frustration about not being able to deliver or give the truth, not being able to fulfill that, to keep going. There's an energy of doom, a feeling of exhaustion, a feeling of overwhelm, and an energy of persecution. So I want to know now, is this enough information to clear the lifetime, the programs, the unresolved energy? It is. So we're going to go ahead and let that go now. We're going to release it from the soul records. And so what positive expression has that lifetime been blocking for Sunny? It's been blocking her confidence to give her own opinions. Hmm. So what they're saying is, you know, you could be really comfortable with other people's opinions and showcasing what other people think, but maybe it's a little bit more vulnerable or a little bit more scary, just your own unique opinions. So this is what we're letting go of. We want to bring through this confidence because as a soul, as a being, your opinions and your perspective is incredibly valuable. So if we look at the group, let's look at everyone who listens to this, everyone who's following you. We put a bubble of love and light around the group. And let's go ahead and just clear out of the educate everyone's high self committee. If anybody needs a new team, let's bring it in and let's look at what we need to clear for the group. So we have a group consciousness or a group of individuals experiencing an emotional and a mental harm from a spiritual or religious figure in another lifetime. And so this spiritual figure bringing about this mental or emotional harm, the listeners are holding an energy of victimization mistrust of authority, an energy of overwhelm, an energy of deception, paranoia, defeat, and energies of anxiety, particularly related to authority. So I want to know if this is enough to clear it. Let's clear the lifetime, the program, the energy, remove the discord. So when we go into the Akashic records, and we haven't really defined that, but the Akashic records are believed to be um, a repository of every thought, every word, every action that you have ever had on a soul level through all incarnations. And we can tap into the Akashic records of an individual, of a group, of a community, of a country, and look at the trajectory and the different types of themes or challenges playing out. So you might think that you're just working in an office, you have a job nine to five, but chances are everyone in your office, whether you love them or you can't stand them, you've been with them before. We tend to travel 
together in groups and we keep meeting up with one another, playing different types of roles to help each other learn and grow and evolve. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, thank you, number one, for doing that. And I, I will say a lot of what you said, especially toward the latter part of that really resonated. And, you know, I think there's some sort of spiritual patterning happening there to being born when I was. And even though my, like I told you before, my Zodiac sign being Libra and being really married to this, I've been married to the concept of justice, not in a legal sense, but in a karmic sense. And oftentimes I'll find myself asking my husband or someone close to me, like, you know, this is what's, if someone wrongs you, or if this imbalance somehow exists, something needs to happen to offset it. Or if I do something to someone, I need to verbally address it and make it better. I need to address and restore the balance and restore the, I have such an, a, a visceral urge to like have balance. And I'm so shocked and repeatedly disappointed when people I interact with, for example, leave something open-ended or not address it again, or it, it is troubling to me on the deepest of energetic levels. So it it's really explains a lot. I have a real discomfort with a lack of resolution, a real discomfort with not fully understanding or comprehending things. So when you came out and said, um, you know, embrace having an opinion, embrace the imbalance, the tipping of the scale, it, it triggers me in a nervous way, which means it, it needs to happen. Like I'm like, this is a sign that I need from the universe. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that. That really alludes to such a strong, beautiful sense of integrity, which is another quality that can be lacking uh, in today's world, right? People, if they think they can get away with something, often they'll try, um, no matter who they harm. But when we talk about that word karma, I, I, that's a really interesting subject. And, and one of the things that I found is, you know, a lot of times we'll have experiences where we believe we've done something wrong or we believe we failed. And I'm talking about in, in our past lives. And mm -hmm. what can happen is when we hold unforgiveness on ourselves, when we hold guilt, when we hold frustration with ourselves, as a soul, we will tend to voluntarily play out some situations where we are punishing ourselves or we believe we need to be punished ad nauseum for something that we did where we believe that we we failed or we harmed another person and so that's an example of a self-imposed kind mm -hmm. of retribution and those are things that i clear for people as well the idea that they messed up or they screwed up and they can't forgive themselves and then they go on and experience something crappy 5,623 lifetimes over and over and over again because they're still holding that original unforgiveness. So one of the most important concepts that I have come across in the work that I do is forgiveness. And of course, mm -hmm. forgiveness isn't saying, hey, what you did is just fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's saying, okay, I'm willing to understand why I did that. I'm willing to understand my motivations. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to grow beyond it. I'm willing to do better. And I'm willing to forgive myself. I did what I thought was right or what I thought was the best from my level of awareness at the time. And so being able to extend that kind of grace to others, not continuing to allow someone to harm us mm -hmm. or abuse us, but understanding where they're coming from and the why and releasing it, not holding on to it. 
earlier this morning, I was reading um, an Instagram. It was a, it's an Instagram post um, about Jane Fonda. And someone in the comments said, I hate Jane Fonda for being Hanoi Jane back when she was protesting the Vietnam War. And I'll hate her forever. And I hope that she burns in hell. Now think about that person, right? They're, they're the ones that are holding that anger and that negativity and that resentment. Jane Fonda is living her best life. She's right. not impacted by that. But when you hold on to that, it has a mental implication. It affects you emotionally. And resentment and hate and anger like that most definitely affect the cells in your body. Mm, so it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the tie-in you just said too, but like not being able to forgive yourself. And that's why that's why working with people like you or like figuratively looking in the mirror is such an important first step to healing. In not only like feeling better, but like recognizing what you're putting out into the world. You know, it's just, um, yeah, I, I just... It's really, really like sort of interesting part of it that I hadn't thought is that maybe we're all motivated to behave how we behave because of traumas that we're holding on to that for some reason feel like they give us control or power over a situation. Absolutely. Um, when you feel helpless, anger is always more empowering than helplessness. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we don't want to just stay ping-ponging between anger and helplessness. We right. want to evolve and move past that. We want to bring some healing into that so that we can let that all go. Yeah. Erica, I wish we could spend another whole hour together. Um, you've been very gracious with your time and wisdom today, and I'm just so grateful to have been able to spend some time with you. So thank you so much for being with me. And I would love if you would tell us how to connect with you, how to work with you, if you have anything coming up, um, you know, an event or an offer that people can connect with you so they can work with you. Thank you so much for having me, Sunny. This has just been so much fun. Um, anyone can connect with me on my website, ericaalora.com. I do have a monthly membership community uh, called The Womb. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, just a, a pay monthly and I do a weekly clearing for everyone. We do a full moon live Zoom energetic clearing. I have a Facebook group where I post different interesting th things that I find interesting um, for everyone to share. So that is available to everyone. And then I always have different retreats or events coming up as well as teaching healing. Okay. Yeah. And I know I saw on your site the next retreat is in what, 177 days, whenever that is yes, from now. Um, and where is that again? Uh, that's going to be at the Garden of the Gods Resort in Colorado Springs. Okay. Very cool. Um, well, again, thank you so much for being with me today, Erica and guys, um, please go check out her site and her offerings. She has everything from like a 30 minute quick heal healing and clearing all the way up to longer, um, sort of one-on-one programs and group things that you can get involved in. So I highly encourage you to do that. Erica, thank you again so much. Thanks, Sunny. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. <laughs> <laughs>